For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another mock. Trying to crank these bad boys out so you guys can see how everything changes on a day-to-day basis. And also, yesterday's mock was beyond whack. So uh, excited to do one today where I'm sure we'll have Hopefully 10, 11, or maybe even all 12 people accounted for. I threw the link in Twitter. You guys can't accuse me of not letting everybody in. I put the link in about seven minutes ago, which I know not a whole lot of uh, warning on that. But that's the way it's going to be. I'm going to sit down to my machine. It's going to be mock time. I'm going to throw the link out on Twitter. Um, And then the first 12 people that drop in, y'all get to come in the mock. That's the handle on your screen, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hopefully you guys will find me over there and you can join for the next one. My backdrop is a little bit cockamamie today, but um, that's okay. No big deal. Mock is going to get started in about a minute and a half or so. I'll throw the window up there um, when it gets to about 10, 15 seconds. I got the three pick today. Um, This is a head-to-head mock because I think more of you are interested in the head-to-head mocks. And I want to see where a handful of guys are going. I'll try to let you guys know as we work our way through the board who I'm actually looking at. Um, I'm also going to be drafting a real team, at least for the first... Uh, sometimes I end up talking through a pick by accident, so I'll, I'll do my best not to let that happen today. But uh, no promises on that one. Uh, please do go by, back, by the way, and check out yesterday's episode. Not the mock draft, but we did a Yahoo redo on their steals and busts board. Um, since they re every time they reshuffle it, we kind of need to let you guys know who were the steals, who were the possible busts. Now, um, so we did that on yesterday's show. Everybody watching today, please do click that thumbs up button. Um, something I said during yesterday's show really seemed to resonate, so I'll do it again. Please do. Um, you know, even if 10, 15% of you hit that button, that ends up being a really big deal for us. We get new subs. We get to grow. Our future videos, it's a snowball effect. You can see how things work on YouTube. The more clicks, the more likes you get, the more subs you get, the more subs you get, the more and it positive feedback loop and all that stuff. But uh, let's go ahead and throw the mock-up on the screen because that's about getting going here. And indeed, it is officially underway. First two picks are already off the board. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. Which leaves me an interesting choice. I thought I'd put myself in the three-hole because I, I thought I'd end up with an Embiid choice. 
Um, head-to-head, it's pretty easy to build around Luka, but I'm not going to do it. I'm either going Shea or I'm going Halliburton at this point. Um, we'll go Shea because I've been doing a lot of Halliburton drafts. Let's go um, Let's go Shea in this one and see if we can build a team around his low three-pointer count and kind of medium assist count, uh, which is fine. Like, it's not, it's not going to break you. But it doesn't give you the bump that a Halliburton or a Jokic would have given you in that first round couple of options there. Um, and like with Embiid, you get the big block number, you get the big rebound number, you get the big scoring number, you get the big free throw. Um, with Shea, you get great percentages as well. So that's, I don't have a problem with starting with, uh, with Gilgis Alexander. We'll throw the draft board up on the screen as well so everybody can see what happened. A little bit of a guard spurt in this chunk. As usual, Luka goes four, Halliburton goes five, Tatum goes six, and Steph goes seven. No big surprises in there. Um, you know, we're always just sort of wondering on a draft to draft basis what the order is of those four to five guys, and you can't really know unless you can legitimately see into the mind of the people you're drafting with. You just don't know what order Shea, Halliburton, Tatum and Steph, in particular, are going to go. Usually, Steph is last. Giannis goes eight, which, again, head-to-head. I get it, although I am afraid of his knees, especially now with Damon Town. They're going to have a good regular season. He's going to have to play a bunch at the beginning while they're working on their chemistry, so the beginning of the year is going to be a good time to have Giannis. End of the season when they presumably have a pretty darn good ranking. I don't know if they're going to be gunning for anything, so that would be a time you might see him uh, take a little bit of time off. Lamella Ball goes nine, um, and again, you're sort of putting yourself in a little bit of a punt free uh, field goal build there, but he is good at enough other stuff to probably cover up a good chunk of that, good assists, um, decent scoring. I don't think he's going to have quite the scoring of some of these other guys up at the top, but uh, good steals, decent rebounds for a guard, free throw hopefully holds for Lamelo. He's not my favorite first-round pick, though. You guys have heard me talk about that. I'd rather take a shot on some one of these slightly older guys. Dame goes right behind him. Dame's going to inch back up into that probably 8-9 pocket, I would think, ahead of LaMelo once this trade to Milwaukee settles, but we'll see. Now you got the old guys. Uh, after Dame, Kevin Durant at 11, Kyrie Irving at 12, Anthony Davis at 13. I would be thrilled to get any one of those guys at the end of the first round. They each have incredible per-game upside. And so you're then basically just gambling on who's going to see the most action among them. Cat, interesting. Cat at 14, Mikkel Bridges at 15. I And Trey Young goes 16, so we're kind of on a little bit of a run here. Um, of the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis trio, my favorite in head-to-head is probably AD because of, again, like how you create a team build. Uh, Roto, I probably lean more towards Kevin Durant just because you get a big boost in almost everything. But I like all three of those guys. And um, I don't know if head-to-head, if you can really take two of them and expect to survive the season. But if you survive even most of the season, you're going to beat up on some teams because you got some, you know, 12, 13, 14, 11 to 14 range. You're getting top five guys. I've got a pick coming up, so I don't want to spend too much time yammering right now. But after Cat at 14, Bridges at 15, Trey Young 16, it goes Anthony Edwards and Donovan Mitchell. Interestingly, we haven't seen Sabonis come off the board yet, which, oh, there he goes at 19. So now we have seen Sabonis come off the board. But that's a little bit later than he's been going lately. 
And as it comes looping back around to me, I have Shea in the first round. I don't want to think too much about a pairing with him. Because uh, with Shea, you still need some assists. You still need some boards. You need some threes. You need some blocks, although it's a good start on blocks from a guard. Um, at this point, I'm taking the guy that I like. Devin Booker, by the way, goes off at 20. And of the players on the board right now, my favorite one is probably the guy that may fall to... Well, Freddie Van Vliet might still stick in there. Do I take Kawhi Leonard here? Uh, probably not. I'll see if any of the old guys fall back to me in the, at 27 in the third round. They might not. But that would be the time I could take my first risk. Up, oh, JJJ does come off the board. That was the guy that I was probably going to take there. Uh, 22, I'm looking at Jimmy Butler here as someone who I think is going to have to play 64, 65 games because the Heat, I don't think are going to be all that great unless they make another move. I like Desmond Bain. I like Kawhi. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I like here. And the question is, which guy do I think has a chance to get back to me between Kawhi and Butler? Um... We'll go Jimmy on this one. So I might have a punt threes team developing now is what I've seen after two picks. I took the guy that I think is going to be best in that group. My three, my free throw situation is basically locked in. I don't know if anybody's going to beat me there. My field goal percent is very good to have a wing and a guard and probably be 50%. Steals are excellent. Assists are decent. Butler will still get you an okay chunk as Harden goes 23. Darius Garland goes 24. Um... I have a rebounding issue, I have a three-pointers issue, and I have a blocks issue. But guess what? Two of those three I can make up easily in the mid-rounds. That's the rebounding and the blocks issue. Bam Adebayo goes 25. That's a durability play. I'll probably go relatively safe at 27 here. It'd be hard for me to go Butler and Kawhi, but also if Kawhi's still out there at 27, I almost have to take him. So I'm looking at Juan here who's picking in front of me. If he takes Kawhi, it changes my strategy, and he didn't. So I'm probably taking a risk. I think this is where I just got to shoot the moon a little bit because Kawhi is incredible. Um, he'll, I don't know why Riahu has his field goal percent projected to drop by five. Um, field goal, free throw are still going to be awesome for me. Um, points are going to be great. Steals are going to be great. I get another like medium chunk of assists. I know threes are still a problem, I just don't know how I could possibly pass up Kawhi at 27 in any format because he's really, really good. Freddie Van Fleet finally goes off the board at 28, which is frankly probably about where he should go. Uh, I have a little bit of break here before my next selection, so just wanted to quickly remind you guys to please, again, if even 10, 15% of you hit that thumbs up button, it goes a really, really long way. And, you know, we might have a thousand people that watch this thing when all is said and done. What's that? A hundred, 150 likes? Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a big deal. So please do take a moment and subscribe if you're enjoying the fact that I'm pumping out one to two shows every single day to the detriment of my, uh, my voice, really. My voice is hanging on by a thread here, um, but, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, quickly thought I'd throw up my own face. There's my Twitter handle again, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Uh, please do follow me over on social media because we got a bunch of stuff going on over there. Desmond Bain, Paul George, the next two names off the board. I, I like Bain a lot at that spot, and I probably should have taken him over Kawhi. Um, it may have ended my punt threes build, but I just... Honestly, I could not pass up 
this. And they're saying all the right things. Someone just left the draft. Hopefully he'll be back. Clippers are saying all the right things about Kawhi, that he's going to try to play in some back-to-backs. He's coming into camp healthy this year, which is uh, a pretty big difference than seasons past. Um, the Clippers had a presser. It's, by the way, DeJounte Murray went 31, Siakam 32, Lowry Markin in 33, Drew Holiday 34. That's way too early on Drew Holiday, by the way. Uh, just about like how his recovery from meniscus was not nearly the same as his recovery from the torn ACL, that he's in a good place, that the Clippers are going to take the regular season more seriously this year. You know, they might not. It it might all be bluster. Jalen Brunson, 35. Miles Turner, 36. uh, Nikola Vucevic at 37. It, It might all be bluster, but if even some of it is legitimate, and Kawhi is actually trying to play 70 games. He's not going to get there. But like most seasons, I think Kawhi goes into the year trying to play 65. If he's trying to play five extra games, he'll probably play around five extra games. And so now you're talking low to mid-60s instead of high 50s. And at 27, if he's rolling at like a top six per game clip, you don't need more than 62 games to smash that ADP. And so then you just hope that he's, you know, not missing like a week in your fantasy playoffs. If you miss one game during your fantasy playoff week, he's still going to do enough for you that that pick will be worth it. Uh, Porzingis goes 35. Chad Holmgren earlier than expected here at 39. LeBron falls all the way to 40, which is frankly where he should be going. I haven't seen him fall that far in almost any draft before this one. Maybe it's because I put this link on Twitter and it's people that have listened to me yelling about how LeBron's going too early. Darren Fox, 41. DeMar DeRozan, 42. Zach Levine, 43. And now Pierre here is screwing up our mock by dropping out. Hope you're coming back, Pierre. You're the only one who didn't, who couldn't last through the frickin' fourth round. What a butthole. Pierre, you're a butthole. Yep. I went there. Anyway, he's going to get autoed Victor Wembanyama here, so uh, at least we know roughly who's going to be on the board, and I'm not a huge fan of my selection at this point. Uh, I'm still taking best player, although I do realize that my team is could use like one more traditional point guard if you want to shore up the assist side, although I do have plenty of steals. Oh, no, we lost one. Of, no, he's back. Um, do I start to lean into the big man stuff yet? Eh... I mean, Evan Mobley is the guy at this spot, and I think we can find a. I think we can find something better. Jordan Poole goes off the board. Um, this is a tough one. I don't really like the guys at the top of the list here. I could go Jalen Brown and just kind of keep leaning into my existing build. I could go Jamal Murray, who will give a little bit of an assist bump, or do I le- look down the table a little bit and go a little early on Walker Kessler or one of these big men down that way? Um, We'll go Jalen Brown. Um, I'll take the points at this juncture because, like, my team is is pretty solid in that, and so I'll just keep leaning into it. I know that Jalen Brown is not a traditional punt threes guy. I'm not worried about his free throw situation. I've got that covered. My my first three picks will handle that. I do think it's probably time for me to look at a big man in this next one, whether it's going to be a Walker Kessler or I surprised if Evan Mobley made it back to me at 51, but if he's still there, you probably go that direction. Jared Allen, who's not a great shot blocker, but would cover the rebound element of things. Nick Claxton, 
Gets you the blocks and the boards. Uh, not a good foul shooter. I think I'd probably, well, Claxton versus Kessler, you're sort of debating between which of those guys will get you more games. Wow, I can't believe Mobley made it back to me at fifty at uh, at fifty one. I think you kind of have to go Evan Mobley here. Um, well, maybe not. It's a big man. I actually think Walker Kessler might be the better play for my specific team. Uh, I got plenty of points. Mobley beats him in points, but I'm gonna go ahead and go Kessler, who doesn't make a ton of sense with Jalen Brown. Those two guys together are going to ping my free throw number, and I'm not thrilled about it. There goes Mobley at 52, and Ingram at 53, who you guys know I'm not a huge fan of. In uh... Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Almost any format. Um, so Kessler takes care of a lot of my blocks and rebounds problem. Not all of it, but at least I get some blocks from Shea. I get some from Kawhi. Uh, a couple, not many from Jimmy Butler. Not many from Jalen Brown either. Uh, but, you know, one out of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and somewhere between half and one out of Kawhi and then likely a very large number out of Walker Kessler, and I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. Um, let's throw back to the, the board here. I'll probably want another big that won't hurt my free throw percent. It's probably time to just make sure that that remains a strong category. I am almost at definitely punting threes at this juncture, and so it's time for me to just have that in mind. Chris Paul would be a really good grab if he gets back to me to shore up assists because I don't need a bunch of really good assist guys on this team because Shea's going to do... Uh, five or six, and Kawhi's going to get you five, and Butler's going to get you five to six. So maybe Kawhi's more like four and a half, but regardless. I think Jalen Brown was three and some odd last year, three and a half. So I've got all these guys that are kind of like middling in assists. I don't have the bad passers yet other than Kessler, but if I can throw one big assist guy in that on the table, especially one that isn't, deriving value from three-point land, that would really do a lot to kind of shore up that weak element of my team. Um, the question is, do people pass him over because he's old? And if that's the case, then maybe we have to dig a little bit deeper and hope that, you know, maybe we go like a Tyus Jones coming back at the beginning of the seventh round. We'll see who's on the table when it gets back to me here. Um, quickly, rattling off some names. Nick Claxton went mid-five, then Jared Allen, Scotty Barnes, Julius Randle, Tyrese Maxey. It was someone that I probably would have targeted if I wasn't in punt threes. Franz Wagner, Bradley Beal finishes off the fifth round. 
CJ McCollum goes real early here. Start of the sixth round, Rudy Gobert, then Jalen Williams catches up uh, at pick 63. Well, that's a look at the draft board for those that are watching with us on YouTube. And we're having a good time here today. We're kind of putting it together piece by piece, brick by brick. I didn't intend, by the way, to punt threes when I set out. But the fact that I was able to get Shea, Jimmy Butler as the first two, my team's a monster. I might, you know, I might have two guys. I might have a top three and a top ten in my first two picks. And I might get a top seven in my third pick. I just need those guys to stay mostly upright. Alperin Shengun. And then Josh Giddy. Giddy would have been the other kind of point threes or punt threes point guard I could have looked at uh, at that 70 juncture. I don't want Josh Giddy, though. Let's be clear. He's a guy I'm generally avoiding, but as a punt threes point guard, uh, he's not quite the troublemaker. CP3 still hanging out out there for me. Um, I'm a little worried about the Pierre auto pick screwing that up, though. Let's see where EJ goes on this bad boy. Cam Johnson. So the auto pick goes Derek White. Chris Paul still barely there. Oh, right in front of me. Nay, dog, you jerk. Um, all right. So, I, you know, Brooke Lopez is probably the guy I look at here. He finishes up my blocks. He doesn't hurt my free throw percent anymore. He doesn't help in a ton of things. Um, but then I'm I'm all set on that front. I still have a little bit of an issue with rebounds and assists. But this one's, I think, a relatively easy call. I don't need what the other guys that are going to go soon are doing. As Paolo Boncara goes after me, not a guy I would target with a team that's built here to have strong percentages. I don't want the guys that are going to hurt them at this juncture. Anthony Simons, I like Simons this year. Not in a punt threes. Same story for Clay Thompson. I don't want him in a punt threes build. And I certainly don't want Clay at number 73. That's uh, That's just too soon. So Markel Fultz is a really interesting punt threes guy. Tyus Jones is a really interesting punt threes point guard. Those are the two guys that I almost definitely have to take here because after those dudes, there just aren't assists on the board anymore outside of Trey Jones, who I think, frankly, is being over-projected by Yahoo. Okay, good. Well, I have a choice between Fultz and Jones. Um, you know, the concern here is that Jones gets shut down as the season goes. I don't think he does. And I want my head-to-head leagues ending three weeks early anyway. So I'll go Tyus Jones here at 75. I think he has the higher ceiling, better free-throw shooter than Markel Fultz. I don't care about the three-pointers. Neither one of those guys is going to hit many this season. I like the steals, the assists, and I like the efficiency. Um, and you're getting that out of both of those guys. So um, I definitely got the guy I wanted for this build at pick 75. Um, I didn't. Probably didn't quite need the CP3 efficiency. I'm not that worried about Tyus Jones shooting 43-44% because everybody else on my team is strong field goal percent. Anywhere between like good to great in that category. I'm realizing that I forgot my water. So you guys might see me disappear for a second. I just left it like seven feet that way. I'm going to go get my water. Everybody stay put. I'll be back in eight seconds. I don't know. Was that eight seconds or was that a little bit more than eight seconds? Hopefully nobody bailed out. Hey, again, reminder, 10% of you guys hit the like button. I'd really like it if all of you did it that are watching live, but I want 10% of the after-the-fact folks to click it. What did we miss while I was getting water? Well, uh, after my Tyus Jones pick, it went Devin Vassell, Chris Middleton, Jakob Pertl, who's one of my uh, preferred centers in this range, then Fultz, Capella, Hero, Tyler Hero's going to be good this year. 
unless he gets moved, I guess, to Portland. Uh, Robert Williams, Michael Porter Jr., Tobias Harris finish off the seventh round. John Collins, Buddy Heald, Mark Williams opening up the eighth round. I'm skeptical on the Buddy Heald thing, if they're really trying to work a potential trade for him. Uh, I got to see what players are on the board here. I know I want you guys to be able to see what's going on, but I also want to try to make a functional team. So uh, issues without using a draft tracker. Assists are in better shape now as John Morant goes 88. Uh, still probably have a rebounding issue because Brooke Lopez is not a big boards center. So um, probably need to grab a center here. Daniel Gafford, Jalen Duran, Mitchell Robinson, all Good options at pick 94 if they get to me. We got some folks that are just like in and out and in and out of the draft room. Y'all need to fix your internet, man. Get it together. I got my pick coming up, which seems like a harebrained time for me to say, hey, there's at Dan Bespris on Twitter. There you go. Make sure to join. Hang out with me over on social. Gafford and Mitchell Robinson go back to back. That is a couple of dick moves right there. Uh, one of those was the auto pick, huh? Ah. That's a shame. Miles Bridges goes 93, and it comes to me. Um, I, I have a decision on my hands. I like Okongwu as a possible. He's not going to rebound a ton. Duran's going to be the bigger rebounder in that bunch. Okongwu would be the better defensive guy. I'm leaning Jalen Duran. Because rebounds are my bigger issue right now. I don't know how badly he beats this rank mark, though. I don't think this is the best available spot for me. But we'll go Jalen. Because um, I really do need that that rebounding big. And after this now, we can pivot back into who do I, who's sort of my favorite guy left on the board here. And um, I have a few. I don't... Oh, there goes Okongwu right after me at 95. So I, I think other folks are having the same mental debate that I was. Of the guys at the top of the board, I really don't want to take any more chances on percentage guys that are going to hurt, particularly free throw percent, because I think I'm in perfectly fine shape on field goal percent with this build. Punt threes, you're generally going to be pretty good at that. So, um, of the names on the board, Draymond Green uh, is interesting if you want to shore up boards, assists, defensive stats. I know he's not good at free throw shooting, uh, but he doesn't take very many of them. So he's a possibility here. Uh, DeAnthony Melton is the guy I think I would take if I'm just straight hunting upside. Because I think he has a terrific year with Harden out of town. Um, but at this point, you're kind of like head-to-head. -head, you're probably looking for team build. And what, do, what does my team need here but defensive stats, boards, and assists? I think I'm in pretty good shape on the scoring side from those first few rounds. So we're going to go Draymond. And then we're going to pray that some of our really fun targets get back to us. This was, this was a tough spot for me. That's usually a juncture where I would just go to the player that I think has the big-time upside, which I believe is DeAnthony Melton. By the way, if anybody's in this draft that's also watching me talk about it, then there's zero chance these dudes get back to me. The problem with doing a mock draft live with people that follow you on social media is they can watch you do the mock draft live. Andrew Wiggins goes 100. Jalen Green goes 101. I mean, I, honestly, I'd be surprised if Melton made it back. He's going to be sitting near the top of the board somehow along the way here. Um, other guys that I think have a really nice opportunity, Zach Collins is uh, pretty damn interesting. I'm not super into D'Angelo Russell, but if he comes back to me at pick, like, 120, I'd probably take a plunge on it. Same story with guys like Reeves, 
Smart, Wendell Carter Jr. Like, the top of the board here are all worth taking at pick 120, but they're not going to make it back. Trey Jones, Zach Collins, Jonas Valanciunas at 102, 103, 104. Um, other guys that are worth a flyer, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, Colin Sexton, more for scoring, doesn't have the big fantasy game upside. Whoops, not Aaron Gordon. Wendell Carter Jr. goes 105. Uh, Gary Trent, who's probably going to be awful this year, but does, like, if things break the right way, might not be terrible, and we've seen him be good before. There goes Nurk at 107 after Trey Murphy the third at pick 106. Obi Toppin has some upside. Malcolm Brogdon has some upside. I'm not as high on Shaden Sharp as others. Uh, I think he's... And, and we probably don't see Drew Holiday suit up for the Blazers, but I, I do think Sharp is third, fourth-ish, maybe deeper in the pecking order. Um, he's got to climb some veterans, and then Scoot probably just jumps past him. So um, those are the guys in, like, the next chunk. There isn't a whole lot beyond that. Like, Gordon Thompson, or Gordon Hayward, the Thompson brothers are intriguing. Bobby Portis, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Josh Hart, by the way, the next four names that came off the board. Here's the draft results table if you guys want to just take a quick peek at that. Uh, well, I'm scouring the list. We'll do a couple of quick questions in the chat room afterwards as well, because this is a pretty well-attended draft. If you have a question, throw it in there. This is your chance. There goes Melton. Damn, almost made it back. 112. D'Anthony Melton's one of my favorite picks on the board. I'll just say that here in this mock draft, and anybody that's listening late in the game gets that little Easter egg, and I hope it doesn't move him too far. Keldon Johnson at 113, blah. I can't believe Marcus Smart is still out there. Very draftable at 115. Jaden McDaniels is awesome. I don't know about the per-game upside until they actually let him do some more stuff on offense. Even Spencer Dinwiddie is reasonable here, but he's not good for our team build. Anyway, someone took him. Um, Colin Sexton's actually kind of intriguing for our team build. He doesn't do much besides score at a good clip. But that could be a really nice bump for us after taking a few picks that don't score. Like Jalen Duran doesn't score. Walker Kessler, Jamon Green, those guys are not scorers. We got four good ones right at the front end of the draft. And it got to me here at 118 after Al Horford and Marcus Smart. I'll go Colin Sexton. I think he fills a, a very obvious need on this club. Even if, again, you know, we're talking about like starters minutes, he's more like a 90 range guy. But some of that 90 range stuff is because he doesn't do, he doesn't hit threes, uh, and he doesn't rebound all that much. But I think I shored that up with the Walker Kessler, Draymond Green, Jalen Duran trio. And then everybody else being kind of like okay, other than my point guards, is not a huge deal. I think I'm actually perfectly fine there now. The only issues when you look at this team is what is it truly great at? Team's pretty damn good at both percentages, awful at threes. By the way, uh, Shaden Sharp, Kevin Herter, and Ben Simmons, the next three off the board. Uh, Gary Trent is not my favorite play here, so let's just move him to the bottom of my queue. There goes Paul Reed. He would have been an interesting one. And now it's my turn. And at this point, like the fact that there are still some guys out there that are just bona fide, decent basketball players, I think that's where you probably go. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon... He's going to work his way back into the okay graces of the Boston Celtics. He's probably worth a look here. Um, I don't know. Upside-wise, maybe he's not the most interesting. 
We'll go. We'll go Brogdon. Oh, we went Obi Toppin. I forgot who I had at the top of my queue. Whoopsies. That's fine. That's where I would have gone next. Um, I think Obi Toppin turns out to be a turd this year. I'd be straight with you guys. Amen. Thompson goes one twenty four. Jaden McDaniel's goes one twenty five. I think Obi Toppin turns out to be a turd, but he's uh, he's worth a look. How on earth? That was round 11. Oh, because Colin Sexton got dropped on the bench because Yahoo doesn't know how to rearrange players to fit right. Like, just move move Jalen Brown to the to the small forward, move Jimmy Butler to the power forward, uh, and then Colin Sexton slots in as a guard. It's idiotic. There's just no reason why Yahoo's uh, team builder thing. Frankly, you should just close that thing down in your draft window. It's idiotic. Yahoo does such an awful job of slotting the player into the proper slot. I don't understand why they haven't fixed that algorithm yet. Boyan Bogdanovich, Ivica Zubats, Aaron Gordon, Gary Trent. Those are the next names off the board as we want to go back to this. I want you guys looking at the player list here. Um, and now you're just basically low at the top and you're saying, am I interested in these guys at all? I think Mike Conley could be okay. I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to be okay. P.J. Washington was another guy I was going to put on our list here. Norman Powell is a guy you draft if you think he's getting traded. So we'll put him on our list just so we remember to scroll back to him. KCP, very much a plotter type uh, and makes way more sense in a non-punt threes build. So I don't want that plotter. Quickly, I think there's just too much traffic in New York. Uh, also, not a great shot in the dark here for a punt threes team at the end. Oh, the picks are flying now. Herb Jones, slow-mo, Mason Plumley, Kevon Looney, Malcolm Brogdon, all zipping off the board as we get towards the end of the draft now. Um, Tari Eason is interesting. We'll throw him on our, our list. Gordon Hayward we'll put on our list. Um, we'll just slowly roll through here. Jaden Ivey, he's got a lot of issues. That makes him a tough sell for nine cap, but he'll go on the list. Christian Wood, very much on the list. Um, and frankly, let's move Christian Wood up to the top. He's one of the most interesting ones here, especially, again, looking for some big man stats, looking for some punt threes. He's not critical from out there. Uh, by the way, Russ and Jaden Ivey just went off the board, so those guys uh, not in the way. Clarkson, KCP, Patrick Williams. The board is zooming right now. We're not going to have time. Oh, and there goes Christian Wood. Nadog, I'm certain you're watching this as I'm talking about it. That's messed up, by the way. Uh, so for me at this point, I think it's either Conley or Gordon Hayward, as long as we haven't scrolled farther down into the, the deep dregs. Um, and, you know, neither one of these guys is terrific for our build, but we'll go Gordon Hayward and hope that he gets his act back together. I don't have a lot of confidence that it does, but also it's a 12th round pick, so who gives a crap? Uh, I forgot to, man, I'm not, I don't think I'm in Thompson comes out swinging in Houston. So I, well, he just got drafted. Head-to-head, -head, I know you can kind of, like, take it as it goes and hope that you're in better shape towards the end of the year, but I uh, can't believe that I'm saying it, but Dylan Brooks at 150 is not the worst pick in the world. Uh, I'm not going to even put him on our list. I feel pretty confident one of the guys that's already on our board is going to get back to us here. Um, there are a few other names floating around, like a Nas Reed, but, you know, this again, this, this roster slot, 13th round, is like 95% going to be your streaming slot anyway. So if you take Norman Powell, you're probably going to stream it before he has value. If you take Tari Eason, you're probably going to get annoyed because Houston has too many options. So I'll probably do Conley 
just because at least we know he's a starting point guard in the NBA. Even if his per-game markers are not all that outstanding, that's the direction you go here. See if it fits. If it doesn't, who be, who gives a crap? And there goes Tari Eason. You guys are definitely watching this me talk about the draft while you, while I'm drafting. That's messed up, man. That's not cool. Anyway, okay, let's do some questions. Um, I'll throw the draft board up. Let's see here. How do we get that thing? There it is. There's the draft board, or at least the last five rounds of it. Um, scroll back up towards the top once or twice here. I know it'll, yeah, it's going to jump back down by itself, so that'll be annoying. Uh, let's see. Question number one. Do you recommend getting Kawhi PG Butler on the turn if two of three are available? I think he's talking about the second, third round turn. Um, I don't like Paul George there. Especially if someone else shows up in Clippertown. PG to me is more like a second rounder per game with injury concerns. I like Kawhi and I like Butler because they're first rounders with injury concerns. Albert asks, do you approach these drafts as roto mocks? Or you'd approach these drafts at head-to-head mocks with a punt in mind. I approach them as a, well, this is technically a head-to-head mock, but I did not approach this with a punt in mind as it just so happened. Embiid got taken at two instead of Luka. So instead of having Embiid at three, I pivoted to Shea. Uh, in the second round, Jimmy Butler, I thought was the best player still there. And I'll scroll the draft board up so everybody can see that was the case. My first few picks here. Um, and so after those first two, I thought, you know what? It'd be easier at this point to just punt threes because between Shea and Butler, I probably got about 153s all year. Um, that ain't going to be enough. Those guys are bad at it. Maybe less than that, maybe like 110, but they're very, very good at field goal percent, free throw percent steals. I get pretty damn good blocks out of those guys from guards and wings. Assists are decent. Rebounds are meh. Scoring is solid. And I think I'm in really good shape to start things out. So then I thought, all right, well, if I'm going to be terrible in threes, then let's just lean into it. I'll cover the other stuff I need early because I can get the... If you're punting threes, you figure you need to be good at the big man stats. But the big mans are the big men are available later on this year, so I didn't have to do it early. By the way, the draft is done now, so you guys can see here's the bottom half of the draft board. There's like 5, 10 seconds to look at the bottom half of the draft board. Then I'll scroll it up in a second. Um, so once I was punting threes and Rhett talked about it on our Wednesday show, you want to get the categories that are harder to get from the, in that bill, meaning, uh, rebounds, blocks, field goal percent. That's easy. That'll come to your team as you go, because you're going to target those types of guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, that kind of stuff. First four rounds, you want to make sure that you've got a firm base in the things that are harder to get, which is going to be points free throw percent in this one uh steals and blocks you want to well blocks i guess goes with the the rebounds but steals is something you want to make sure you're solid at and assists is something you want to make sure you're solid at so of that the only thing that i didn't really cover in those first four rounds was assists um i guess blocks wasn't all that great in the first four either uh scrolling back up there assists were okay blocks or uh sorry i keep going back to that assists needed some work. So that was why uh, here in this Walker, Kessler, Brooke Lopez, Tyus Jones, Jalen Duran, Draymond Green chunk, I focused really hard on uh, field goal percent, which because it was time to sort of shore up those. But also I wanted to make sure I got some assists and boards in there. Uh, and Draymond Green covers a few of those. Tyus Jones helps cover those. Uh, and then late in the draft, I was able to snag uh, one more point guard. I don't know that my team is all the way there in assists, but I do think Tyus Jones... 
Draymond Green, and then the early guys who are all kind of like pretty decent at it is going to keep me from being bottom of the barrel. Not great. There's the problem there. But I think my team is really, really good in field goal percent. I think it's pretty damn good in free throw percent. Excellent in scoring. Um, excellent in steals. Excellent in blocks. Excellent in rebounds. And so, you know, you got that nice five to six category base. And if you add, if you can like trickle into a seventh, which I guess, which one did I not mention? You know, my team's not that horrible in turnovers, believe it or not. So I really am punting threes almost exclusively. I think I'm in a pretty good spot at the end of all of this, but, you know, you'd have to play it out to find out. Dembird says Clippers have no control over Kawhi. Unfortunately, they have no idea when he chooses to sit or not. Yeah, sort of. Um, you know, he wanted to play back-to-backs at the end of last year, so if that's the Kawhi mindset. I think they'll try to do it a little bit more. We'll do questions here for three or four minutes. We got a really good uh, viewership that continues to kind of slowly add, so hello to anybody that's joining us here after the fact. As I keep saying, by the way, here, let me throw myself up on the, the table for just a sec. Um, please do take a moment to follow me on Twitter, at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, and I'm just looking for 10 to 15% of you guys to hit that thumbs up button. That's it. Easy peasy. All right, Albert, sorry, back to your question. If you watch these enough, you can kind of see who's going to be on his old man squad. Yeah, and I've been pretty clear as I talk about these drafts, which guys I'm looking at. Uh... JP says, a little dreary weather. Yeah. Hi, is it me, or, or are more people looking at how Middleton comes out of this whole Dame trade? Surely he's going to be presented with plenty of open shots due to opposing D, focusing on Dame and Giannis. Continued, um, which would get Middleton back towards the 18 points average and a freedom that he hasn't really had recently, and he's going to be another year on from a serious knee injury. I got a good feeling about him. Is there any other players that were involved in the Dame trade that have ended up in a better position for them to thrive? I don't like Middleton, by the way. I'll go the other way from you on this one, JP. Um... I don't think he's ever played behind two players of this level of usage. And when you get three guys on a club together that all want the ball, the third guy usually suffers. Next question. Uh, Umut? Umut? Which round would you target a center if you get guards at first round? Roto. Uh, you don't need to target a center until like the fifth round, man. They're everywhere this year. I didn't get my first center. You can see it on the board. I didn't get my first center until the fifth round. And then I went center, center, point guard, center, center. I think Draymond has center eligibility. And I'm good. I didn't take one until the fifth round, and I ended up liking... I mean, Duran in the late eighth might not be my favorite, but Walker Kessler's going to beat his ADP. Brooke is going to beat his ADP. Duran probably beats his ADP. Draymond probably doesn't, but I needed his stats here. They're everywhere, guys. You don't have to worry about it. Is Dame going to be top 10 this season? Barely on a per-game basis. Dame is going to be late first-rounder per game. By totals, I do think so. I think he'll play I think he'll play 68 to 71 games this year. Ryan, what's up, dude? You haven't asked a question in a while, or at all. Thoughts on Aiton being the third, fourth option on the Blazers? Is it true his work ethic issue or desire to play basketball? It sure seems like it, man. He couldn't get along with Monty Williams, and that team basically traded him for like a broken-down Yusuf Nurkic. So... You know, the hope is that a fresh environment gives him a fresh lease on life kind of thing. But um, I think he's better. You know, he was late 50s per game, early 60s kind of guy in Phoenix. He probably moves up like half a round to a round from that, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a leap. I don't think he's just going to magically be like a 17 shots a game kind of dude. So uh, I like him more as a fourth 
instead of a fifth rounder, but that's the jump for me. Neil says, what are your thoughts on reliability of Z-scores and traditional ranking tools? Do you think there's a better way to rank fantasy players? Right now, honestly, I still like Z-scores. Um, you just kind of have to be aware of the nuance of it, you know? Like, obviously, if you're punting a category that takes that score out, um, there are minus one boards, things like that. I, personally, I think if you just have, use Z-scores and kind of understand what they mean a little bit, then you'll be fine. Like, JJJ, he's a Z-score darling because, you know, he's so far above the mean in blocks per game that the fact that he's quite average in almost everything else, uh, one thing outweighs the other. But at the same time, it was actually important to be that much better than everybody else in one statistical category. That was his actual value. That's all that that number is telling you. What you need to take away from it is... When you're looking at, like, a JJJZ score, I think he's a perfect example of this. Um, let me scroll the board down so you guys can see the second half of that mock draft because uh, it's about to disappear in, in two or three minutes. The thing with JJJ is he's not an easy guy to build your team around. So he has a first-round value, but as a first-round pick, he's a really difficult team-build kind of guy. What is his value to the team? His value is similar to a first-rounder. He just does it through one directed, like, I'm going to basically win you this category myself last year, which he almost could in many weeks. Um, guys like Walker Kessler were kind of nipping at his heels, and Nick Claxton wasn't all that far behind. But again, a couple of blocks every week was his advantage over even the best other shot blockers in the NBA. And his average over most of the other centers in the NBA was more like five to eight blocks a week. That's enormous. By himself. You know, that's... That's like two other full average shot blockers. So he created uh, an opportunity for teams that had him to focus on all sorts of other things. So there's value all wrapped up in that, and that's what the Z-score is telling you, but you just need to be aware of the nuance of it. What does it mean for my fantasy team if I'm going to go that route? Would Aiton average a double-double this season? Didn't he average a double-double last year? Yeah, he was at 18 and 10 last year, and he ain't going down in Portland. So, yes. Who would you pick first? Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, or Scoop and Roto? Simons, and it's not that close for me on those. Scoot's going to have a disastrous start of his year for Roto. Sharp is not a big-time percentages guy either. Simons is going to be bad in the field, but he's a good foul shooter, and uh, I think he probably takes the most shots on the team at the start of the year. So, Simons by a bunch. Who's the best pick in nine cat out of the eight hole? Assuming that Jokic and B, Doncic, Tatum, Shea, and Halliburton are out. Uh, it's either Steph or Dame at that point. I'd probably go Steph if he's the guy that's still on the board here. Uh, you only told me six guys that are out. So generally, Steph is going seven. Sometimes Giannis goes seven. Um, if Steph goes seven and you're on the eight pick, I'm probably going Dame. Uh, if someone else goes seven, I'm probably going Steph. So Steph, then Dame. Uh, then I probably look a little farther down the board and I do something like a Kevin Durant and hope he stays upright sort of thing. Really nice turnout today, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, I took myself off the screen for a second there by accident. Uh, mock draft results, I'll copy and paste over the first few rounds onto Twitter. Probably not the whole thing because, you know, how much time do I really have with these delightful fingers? 
Today's Fun Shirt Friday is Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. I don't know if anybody's going to guess that one. And the Fun Hat Friday is the Canapolis Cannonballers. There's your deep cuts for the day. At Dan Vespers on Twitter. I know some of you don't follow me over there, so this is the time to do it. And please, I want 10 to 15% of you hitting that thumbs up button. And uh, if you're not subscribed, now's the time to do it. Later on today, we're going to be talking to... Uh, he goes as Tim Sim on Twitter. And he's going to walk us through punt points. My favorite punt of all. Love me some punt points. Talk to you guys after lunch. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.